0: Welcome to The Groundbreaking Guide to Third-Party and Supply Chain Risk Management, How Exiger's Trades Framework Revolutionizes Third-Party Risk Management and Supply Chain Risk Management in 2021 and Beyond. In this special six-part podcast series sponsored by Exiger on the Trades Framework, we will look at how the Trades Framework is a cutting-edge but actionable blueprint to build a modern third party and supply chain risk management program. Over the next six episodes, I will be speaking with Exeter's experts as we go through each layer of the trades framework at the tactical, program, and strategic levels. We will put a spotlight on transparency into your current state with Skylar Chai and Tim Stone, discuss risk methodology with Teresa. Kim Babasso and Matt Hayden. Assess current risks with Laura Tolchin and Peter Jackson. Determine mitigations with Kerry Wibben and Aaron Narva. Evaluate the trades framework uplift with Brandon Daniels and Josh Teal, And end with Brandon Daniels and Erica Peters, who will give a review of supplier monitoring and close out with how government and critical industries are leading the charge using the trades framework to outpace threats and vulnerabilities while minimizing third-party risk management gaps. In this episode one, we look at the transparency of current state and introduce an overview of the trades framework with Skylar Chai, Associate Director, Global Markets Group, and Tim Stone, Senior Director, Supply Chain Risk Management. This is Tom Fox, and our episode today is Transparency of the Current State. Skylar, can you tell me what T stands for
1: in the trades acronym? Yeah, sure thing, Tom. So T stands for Transparency of the Current State. Uh, it's the first letter in our trades acronym. And when we look to the trades Framework. There are really uh, five or six different levels when we talk about the entirety of the train, uh, trades framework, but also within T, which is transparency of the current state. Um, some are higher and more abstract. They're focused on governance and risk stewardship, who in the business, who across the enterprise owns the risk of supply chain and vendor risk management uh, at both a strategic and a program level, including how risk is governed. Um, And we'll talk shortly about those broader considerations. But first, Tim wants to talk about our third level within the transparency uh, of our current state, which is um, an entity level approach. It's where an organization has to objectively and accurately know its supplier universe, who they're doing business with uh, at the most foundational level. Uh, and then we can start to build on that with who, uh, they're doing business with suppliers, suppliers, and deeper into the end tier of the supply chain.
2: Thanks Skylar. So yeah, when we talk about T for, for transparency, it's all about understanding, uh, an organization's full third party ecosystem. Um, mean, T could also stand for taking stock if you will. I mean, to be clear. Um, At this entity level, as we call it, in the trades framework, this kind of granular level, this is not about managing risk necessarily at this stage. It's it's about illuminating a company or an organization's current state of affairs by identifying this vendor and third-party supplier ecosystem. Um, you, You really can't assess and manage risk until you know your vendors. I mean, you need transparency first, and you don't get this by flipping a switch. You can't assume you have this transparency into your supplier ecosystem. You you need to build this out and you need to validate it, which is what um, the the trades framework envisions and this first step envisions. Um, and and kind of from a, you know, I've worked in financial crime risk management from a from a, a, a that perspective. I mean, it's kind of akin to the bedrock step of customer due diligence and and uh, know your customer. Um, or even going down one kind of layer beneath that is to ID and V, which is uh, identification and verification, where where a bank collects, you know, names and pedigree information about its clients. Um, you know, in the context of supply chain and third-party risk management, you need to confirm the identities in this in this supplier ecosystem. Um, Uh, before you can even think about risk rating them, prioritizing risk issues or mitigating risk or much less monitoring for risk and certain risk typologies. I mean, it's just about having clarity of the companies and entities that are within this ecosystem. Now what we found is that a lot of the clients of the organizations with whom we work, um, we work with federal government agencies as well, are um, at a somewhat primitive state Often they come to us in a primitive state. They, they, you know, client will say it's got, you know, 500 entities that are suppliers for for tangible goods and software, and then we do some digging, um, and I'll describe some of the digging we do. But you know, they may actually have double or triple that number, um, or maybe they have half that. Um, they, they, they have lists of, of clients that that, or, or lists of vendors and, and suppliers that that are inaccurate. Um, that it's, it's like getting a poor CDD or KYC file at a bank. Um, and the, some clients just admit that they have really no way to kind of canvas their their, uh, their supplier ecosystem and have a firm understanding of which which companies and entities are within that ecosystem. And, I mean, this kind of boils down to just poor information sharing, which impacts big companies but also could, small companies as well. Um, you can have different business units within an organization – Um, that are using the same vendor for slightly different use cases, but uh, all have material financial relationships with the same vendor, but this information is siloed. Um, It's not disseminated. And so one part of the company thinks an entity is a sub-tier supplier when in fact it's directly supplying another unit of the company as a tier one supplier. Um, And, you know, we've got clients and and we've seen in in the industry clients and, and, and companies commissioning market intelligence reports, but Really, until you know uh, the companies that you're doing business with and the the companies that are in this ecosystem, you're really putting the cart before the horse because there's really no actionable steps to take. So that's kind of what I mean when I say that at this level, it is really not – we haven't reached the risk management stage. It's just kind of the taking stock of your environment. so the question then is, is how to build this initial tier of reliable, validated, and deduplicated entities that are mapped to the business units, products, and use cases. So how to get this initial transparency, and there are kind of two two areas that we go to. Uh, There's internal supply data elements and external supply data elements. So for a company that comes to us and they want to understand and illuminate their supply chain and understand the entities in it, um, you begin by kind of looking at an organization's contracts and paperwork and really kind of going on a fact-finding mission, engaging stakeholders throughout the organization to come at it. The goal is to arrive at this golden source of suppliers and vendors and then, as I said, map them to the products, business units, and use cases across the organization. So now, going beyond that, um, direct suppliers to actually the suppliers of the suppliers. You can look for internal supply data um, going into the sub tiers because you, there are a number of resources available, like for computer hardware, which is ubiquitous. Um, you know, is often accompanied by. Minimum operating specifications, product manuals, or bills of materials. That can be a window into the hardware, subcompensated software, and from there, it's kind of a springboard to find original equipment manufacturers and partner companies. Um, You you can also look at supplier questionnaires and also responses to requests for proposals that a company has submitted. Um, and once you've exhausted these internal supply data elements, then you can tap external supply data. And we do this quite often. Um, my team at Exeger does this quite often where we, we will um, leverage um, external data sources. And these include um, public contracting, purchasing and spending data. Um, there are open source and also proprietary databases where you can get pretty granular federal contracting data that you can bulk pull and then analyze to understand prime to subcontractor supplier relationships. Um, Another avenue is is commerce data, which um, at Exeter, we built a a data environment that we can query that has billions of commerce records, captures international shipments at a pretty granular level down to like the date of the shipment, what goods were shipped, how much did it weigh. And then we can use our analytics environment um, to interrogate and and visualize and analyze that data. Um, And a couple more areas of of external uh, data uh, about supply chains um, is software and IT supply chain data. And, and I mean, this is so important and timely in light of solar winds, colonial pipeline. I mean, last week was uh, Kasaya. I think I'm saying that correctly, but it, the, the supply chain attack from late last week Um you know, we have tools to, to scrape the Internet for open source evidence of a company's software usage. And by doing so, we can understand the entities in a digital supply chain so we can see kind of the nexus or the web of connections between the, our, our client and other and its software vendors um, and in turn go even deeper into the uh, supply chain, the digital supply chain in that way. And then there are, there are other avenues such as parts data through open source parts data aggregators and also um just doing market research, um, leveraging regulatory records, which can be a source of information about a company's material contracts and supplier relationships. Um, so that, as I said, is at the entity level, kind of the most granular and and a, a threshold step where a company or a, a client comes to us and says, we, you know, we want to uh, we want to understand and illuminate and manage our supply chain and, and third-party risk. Um, and these are this is kind of the 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 initial bedrock step that needs to be taken. It's you need to understand your supplier ecosystem. And I'll, I'll hand it back to Skylar to talk a little bit about uh, some of the government's, governance and risk steward um, aspects of this, this element of the trades framework.
1: Great, thank you, Tim. So as we've mentioned, and as Tim has walked us through, uh, T, which stands for transparency within the trades framework, um, has different levels. And Tim spoke, of course, about the entity level and illumination of supply chain partners. And then there are two other levels of transparency, those at the program and strategic level, which really speak to governance and accountability associated with third party and supply chain risk management reviews, which spills over, of course, into how you analyze, stratify and prioritize the kinds of risks identified through the framework. At the strategic level, which is really the enterprise-wide level, the first element in order to assist a company or you or a business in better understanding transparency uh, is to create and document very much a mission statement and purpose explanation. Uh, As Tim mentioned earlier, oftentimes when we engage with our customers, they believe that they have a certain degree of exposure to X number of vendors or N-tier supply chain partners. Um, but when we get into uh when we get into their shot, uh what we see is that there may be three, four X what they originally believed that they are exposed to. And one of the root causes, primary reasons of lack of transparency at the strategic level, the enterprise-wide level, is there's no clear and set out documentation that allows for them to understand how mature their program is. Um it should really be a high level policy document with broader principles and goals that explains to the business, who owns certain risks? What is the governance around those risk owners and risk types? Um, What is the strategy around that governance that really allows for our clients that are looking into their supply chain risk management um, governance structures to create a baseline analysis of their program's maturity? Um, Based on that documented internal maturity assessment, There's, of course, a need to continue to establish stakeholder engagement and governance principles, which leads us to a program-level approach, the third layer of transparency into a current state, which is the operational level that supports that enterprise-wide strategic and policy-setting document. And so when we look into the program level that supports illumination and transparency of supplier ecosystems, the first goal is to, of course, develop and maintain more granular sets of policies and procedures which provide guidance. Those, provo- those policies and procedures should be agreed to by various risk stewards and risk owners, including the business that sit within the enterprise. Uh, key risk owners should be fully bought into the process from inception of the supply chain risk management program so that if an external provider, such as Exeger, Or a partner assisting in the review of third-party or supply chain risk management, illumination, um, asks, as Tim mentioned earlier, who are your tier one suppliers? Immediately, the business knows who owns the risk and who can determine the right um, areas and focus of approach when we look into supply chain risk management. Um, At the program level, what we also want to do, uh, in addition to identifying key stakeholders, is to develop a, a responsible, accountable Matrix where we're looking for consulted um, individuals that sit within the business that maintain an informed posture of supply chain risk management and vendor illumination. Uh, those key stakeholders that sit within that matrix may be key executives, the legal team, the compliance department, um, uh, procurement onboarding, for example, all the way down to technology and security as we illuminate software supply chains. As Tim mentioned earlier, Casia was a supply chain injection attack that happened most recently um, through a uh, zero-day exploit. And that function really sits within technology and security to immediately cut off access from those malicious threat vectors as they become known. Um, Last, certainly not least, within our program level, transparency. um, is to determine communication and workflows that operate your program. We need to identify uh, data sourcing and right-sized technologies that align to your program's maturity uh, to ensure a single source of truth for not only each one of your vendors and their related supply chains, but also the overall program that you're now establishing through better understanding of your program's transparency. And then as we move forward in time, there needs to be within the uh, communication and workflow function of our program level review, there needs to be a continuous evaluation of improvements for your trades framework. This could mean periodic refreshes or reviews which with each one of the key stakeholders and risk owners to better assess macro and micro risks and changes, not only external to your program, but internal to your enterprise. Ultimately, these principles help guide company stakeholders and take the right risk-related decisions and actions as you move through the Trades Framework.
0: Gentlemen, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I look forward to continuing the conversation.
1: Great. Thank you so much for your time today, Tom.
0: This is Tom Vox again. Thank you for listening to this episode on the Trades Framework. I hope you'll join us tomorrow where I visit with Teresa Campobosa, and Matt Hayden on step two of the Trades Framework, Risk Methodology Design. This special six-part podcast series on the Trades Framework is a special production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to visiting with you again.